Support for Under the Radar comes from Wellwithall. Wellwithall believes that self-care is community care. Premium products crafted for your daily wellness, from sleep support to heart health to your daily regimen. 20% of Wellwithall's profits are committed to leading the fight for health equity. They won't stop until it is truly Wellwithall. Under the radar means hearing about things you didn't know you needed to know until you hear them. It's a serious look. To hear about the issues that don't get the attention they deserve. Under the radar doesn't get caught up in the day-to-day. Surfacing issues that are not talked about in mainstream media. I think it's something that connects us to each other. Under the radar is all about discovery. I can be guaranteed voices I haven't heard before. But also the questions. Under the radar is one step ahead. I'm Callie Crossley. This week on Under the Radar with Callie Crossley, April is National Poetry Month. You can't say what's been said before, though even words are creatures of habit. You cannot force poetry with a ruler or jail it at a desk. That's National Poet Laureate Joy Harjo, the first Native American poet to be named as the official ambassador of a form of literary writing which showcases words of beauty and meaning. Her work has helped make poetry a current cultural phenomenon. We're marking this National Poetry Month by taking a look at our next generation of local poets. Who are the young writers and lyrical wordsmiths shaping the newest wave of poetry? And what about Massachusetts' poetry scene rapidly expanding across the state? Later in the show, we revisit one of our favorite poetry conversations with the 2019 Massachusetts High School Poetry Out Loud champion, Rose Hansen, and the award-winning, irrepressible poet, Kwame Alexander. They make words take flight. But first, joining me remotely, Boston's 2022 Youth Poet Laureate, Angeliqua Linnea Verana Burkett. Angeliqua is 18 and attends the John D. O'Brien School of Math and Science. Welcome, Angeliqua. Hi, how are you? I am great and glad to have you. Worcester's 2022 Youth Poet Laureate, Adayel Francisco Mejia. Adayel is 19 years old and a graduate of Burncote High School. Thanks for joining us, Adayel. Hey, thank you for having me. What's up, Worcester? What's up, Boston? <laughs> Hope you guys are enjoying it. We will. Also with me, Danielle Jones, Program Director at Mass Poetry. She is a poet and educator with over a decade of experience in arts administration and activism. Hi, Danielle. Hi, so glad to be here today. Well, I'm glad to have you. And as we've said, we're focusing on young people, you two, Angie and Idael, because that seems to be not only the future of poetry, but what's happening now with poetry. So I want to hear from both of you about what first captured your attention about this forum. I'll start with you, Idael. Was there a first poem? What, what got you thinking about writing poetry? There was never a first poem. I still sometimes don't even feel like I write poetry to the extent of uh, what poetry is in the books, but I just enjoy writing. I love to get my emotions out onto paper, and I love the theatrical experience of it. But you could have written a journal, for example, but you chose a different form. So that's what I'm trying to get at. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I did a little bit of everything. I was one of those kids in school who always walked around with a little 
journal for writing. Um, I had notes on my phone. I used to text message myself whenever I want to write to myself. Old phone numbers. My mom's used to have a couple old phone numbers and I knew that those were inactive. So I would even write to those every now and then just kind of anyway. I'm very shy about my writing. I don't like people to read my writing when I like when I don't give permission. So I try to keep or I used to keep my writing like mainly to myself and I used to hide it. Oh, okay. Well, this is a big leap now that you are Worcester's Youth Poet Laureate. It's all about being upfront about your writing and the poetry, right? Oh, yeah. It's all out there now. Now everything's out there. My my life, my poetry, my ideas, and I'm I'm loving it. In all honesty, I think I'm grow I'm still growing out of that show. I'm a work in progress, but it's I'm getting a lot more comfortable with performing on stage and always meeting with people, speaking my mind. Okay. Angie, let's hear from you. You are now the second Youth Poet Laureate for Boston. And I it's the same question, really. Was there a first poem for you that sort of resonated with you and got you excited about poetry? Yes. When I was about six or seven years old, I was introduced to Jacqueline Woodson, her book Locomotion, which is a book of verse. And I don't know what it was, if it was the way she wrote, her messages, her words, her vocabulary, but something in that book, in those poems really sparked me to just be like, yeah, I I want to write poetry. And same like Ariel, I never really wrote for like other people's consumption. I mainly wrote for myself and I like to keep it hidden just because it wasn't like, it was always just like, you know, who would care about what I'm writing, you know, mm-hmm. until I got into high school and got into a slam team and really actually put myself out there. And I was just like, no, like people actually do care. People actually do listen. And that's what really made me want to apply to be the youth poet laureate. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now let me go back to Jacqueline Woodson and locomotion and your interest in that form, because you know, as I said to Idea, you could have written a journal or written a novel, but you chose to go specifically toward the form or the, one of the many forms of poetry. So what about the form really excites you? It's, there's no edits. And I'm a person that hates making mistakes. Like I'll go over something a hundred times to make sure it's absolutely perfect. And I feel like when it comes to writing a novel or a journal, it pretty much has to be perfect. When it comes to writing poetry, it's, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be, you know, to the T because it's, it's just you. It's just what you're expressing, what you're trying to give. And I feel like that balance of, okay, yeah, it's even something that you want to make sure is right to your perspective, but also doesn't have to be absolutely perfect to, you know, critics. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, hear from each of you. Adele, let's hear one of your poems and give us the title. Okay, cool. (laughs) This one I'm going to be reading at the inaugural gala, uh, the Worcester inaugural gala, Creative Hub's throwing it. I'll be there in a fully custom tailor suit by Waves headquarters, my boy Q. Anyhow, this is called Apocalypse. This boy's lifetime will shine and joy. His reign, it will rain. Watch Ace race to the main stage. Look at my face. This boy needs a gospel. This, that, new breath. Jason, new mask. Kanye, level, stop, breathe. You ready? Let's go. 
Welcome to my world. Lights, cameras, and action. The main attraction. Do you see what I see? Ghost, stars, God. Witness the living legend. Open the heavens. Tonight, I'ma make it right. Correct my wrongs. Correct me if I'm wrong. This moment's mine. The leader of the youth. No choice but to save the world. Eyes on me when I enter the room. Get starstruck, spooked. You love the taste of forbidden fruit. What's up your sleeve, Eve? My word is cured to all doom. Too bad I'm gone so soon. There's superstars in the building tonight. Future Picassos, Frida Kahlo's, kings, queens. Put your hands to the ceiling if you live in the dream. Bench boy became starter. I know I'll make it farther working harder. I'm like my father, but that's okay. My mother's hard work paved the way in a room of actors, dancers, and models. I'm one tough act to follow. I'm talking Hall of Fame, key to the city. They said you for real. I said I'm really, really. I want a mountain named after me. Put my face on Monopoly. Y'all watch the best ever. A trendsetter, known to be clever, master magician, trash turned treasure in a blink of an eye. Now the room's watching without blinking an eye. My name's Adain, God's ornament. Nice to meet you. Birth to be infinite or whatever. I want you to know I can make a moment last forever. That's, that's apocalypse. And that is my guest, Adele Francisco Mejia. He is Worcester's Youth Poet Laureate. All right, over to you, Angeliqua Angie Burkett. Let's hear one of your poems. How am I supposed to top that? <laughs> <laughs> With yours, that's how. <laughs> um, this one is a short one, but sweet. It's titled Patient L. Chestnut strands mingle in loose spirals, layered just over an unbreakable backbone. Messy, but tame. Like the vibrance of a painted porcelain canvas, each stroke a story for your future self, happier, and accepting of identity and soul, beauty. Unmatched, unprovoked, unapologetic. Step out your mind and into my eyes to see that you are the definition of elegance. That's my guest, Angeliqua Angie Burkett, reading her poem, Patient L. Over to you, Danielle Jones. I did not forget. You're, you're the program director at Mass Poetry. I'm so interested to find out from you what you have seen in recent years in terms of this just amazing interest in poetry, not only by young people, by adults as well, but certainly by young people. What do you make of it? Well, I have always thought poetry is very necessary. I started writing poetry when I was young as well. Um, so I'm not surprised by the demand for it. And I'm very excited about it, but I'm not surprised. I think that we are living in a time that we need poetry more than ever. We have so many marginalized voices. Poetry gives people a chance to share their experiences. It gives them a chance to share their hearts and minds. So I think it's a way of fighting against all the violence and inequity we see. I think after four years of Trump and his harmful policies, I think after the pandemic and all the isolation we've experienced, I think in an America where we're seeing that we're not collectively grieving what we've all just been through, where we haven't come together to talk about it or acknowledge it, um, those are all things that make me say, yes, we need more poetry. 
So you would be considered the expert in the field. Is there a way to define poetry now? I mean, it's always had many forms, even in its most 18th century presence. But I'm wondering, is there a different way to define it now? Well, first, I want to step back from the expert in the field, because I don't know that I am that person. But I'm very interested in poetry. And I would probably say something that a lot of people would argue with me about, but I actually think that we're making a return to the original form of poetry. I think that it's becoming more of an oral art, that we're seeing more performance, that it's more about voice. Um, So I actually see this shift away from the page and from lit journals and to a more public poetry, which I find very exciting. And to me, that returns to like maybe the time of, you know, Sappho. So that's that's a shift I see that I think is very interesting. And I think that, you know, technology has helped as well because we have Instagram poets and we have, you know, little bits of poems that people can access on their phones and, and everything from flash fiction to micro essays. It's not just poetry, right, that um, people can read while they're on the tee or while they're waiting in line at the bank or whatever. And um, so, yeah, so I think there's more accessibility, too, with social media and everything that we have sort of putting poetry out there with digital, um, you know, prints as opposed to lit journals that you have to go to a library or or order and pay for, which I'm not saying we shouldn't still support lit journals, but I do like the accessibility of, of the digital poetry world. So I'm curious, what was your first poem, the one that got you excited about poetry? I actually um, started writing poetry when I was 13 and hospitalized for attempted suicide. And I can't say why that was the moment words started to poem up in me or why I chose to break the line. I had been writing since I was 10, um, journaling and, and writing stories like you were talking about other forms of writing. Maybe at that moment in my life, that was all I had breath for, but I just started breaking the line and it just became like the words rushed in where there was this void and poetry became the way I moved through the world from that point on. It connected my thoughts and feelings and just was at my center beating, you know, I am, I am, I am. Um, so from there, like I got excited about all kinds of poetry, Gwendolyn Brooks, Emily Dickinson, um, Sappho, I mentioned. I loved Ovidio. My, my family's Italian. E.E. E. Cummings was exciting to me. Um, Shel Silverstein. Actually, I'm using a lot of words, but we had a sixth grader at Excel Academy say the best thing I've ever heard anyone say about what poetry is. And he said, um, poetry lets me untangle my thoughts and unfold my feelings. And I love that. I think that's a perfect definition of what a poem does. Oh, I would agree. That's that's pretty good. If you're just tuning in, this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley, and here with me are Angelique Burkett, Boston's 2022 Youth Poet Laureate, Adael Francisco Mejia, Worcester's 2022 Youth Poet Laureate, and Danielle Jones, Program Director at Mass Poetry. We're discussing the power of poetry, particularly among our young people. So back to you young people. You know, we hear a lot uh, about influencers, and I'm wondering, and you gave me one name, that was when you were first getting into poetry, that was Jacqueline Woodson. But now that you are, quote-unquote, a capital P poet, because you're the Youth Poet Laureate, would you say that there are some poetry influencers that impact you, that their work impacts you? Most definitely. Recently, I've gotten more into local poets Mm -hmm. and 
artist, for example, Umpa or Kofi or a good friend of mine, Marama Savage, which are all Boston natives who are all really good at what they do. And what influences me about them is just the confidence and the overall execution. Mm-hmm. Because everyone has their own way of you know, saying something or putting something off, but it's always just so, always so like intoxicating, I guess, to just watch them perform. Cause it's just like, wow, you know? And so I guess those three off the top of my head right now would be the people who influenced me to be a better writer for myself. Okay. Adayo, what, what, for you, who are the influencers? I'm not necessarily influenced by too many poets. I'm not really familiar with the poetic scene, um, as as bad as that might sound. But I'm someone who finds poetry where one normally doesn't. I love to listen to music as much as I love my silence, because in both areas, I I just find words. I fall in love with words, um, whether that be in music, in movies, um, even sometimes when somebody says like something like random, like the word mop, I love that word um, just because it brings so many different um, pictures to my head. Um, I don't know. I was born a creative. And and you're following your dream. Yeah, no, I get it. Exactly. I get it. Well, beyond the context of Boston and greater Boston, some of the, the national poetry influencers are first, the first ever National Youth Poet Laureate. You may know her name, Amanda Gorman. Here she is reading New Day's Lyric, a poem to kick off 2022. Come, look up with kindness yet, for even solace can be sourced from sorrow. We remember not just for the sake of yesterday, but to take on tomorrow. We heed this old spirit in a new day's lyric in our hearts. We hear it for old lang syne, my dear, for old lang syne. Be bold, sang time this year. Be bold, sang time. For when you honor yesterday, tomorrow ye will find. Know what we fought need not be forgot, nor for none. It defines us, binds us as one. Come over, join this day just begun. For wherever we come together, we will forever overcome. And of course, Amanda Gorman was the inaugural poet who spoke at President Joe Biden's inauguration ceremonies with her poem that has now been made into a book. Also influential, the 2021 National Youth Poet Laureate, Alexandra Huen. She's reading her original poem here, Love Poem for the End of the World. For the end of the world come, tell them we've already seen it. The traffic parted and the people went indoors and everything became very blue, which could be a reference to our screens, I suppose, but I more mean the film on my tongue, the lacing of my shoulders. I think I heard the opposite of an echo sitting down inside of myself for the fourth time last week. I keep thinking too slow. I keep trying to say my name, but they're static. I keep tripping on the step stools, which I think is supposed to ground me. And what better way to fly than to have done it by accident? Because that's all this is. I hope you don't think me a pessimist. I'm just trying to say Bob Ross would be very pleased with what we've created as everything else came unstuck. So 
Should the end of the world come, tell them we're not scared. Worlds end all the time, you see. This moment is a world, this poem a world, and there will be infinitely many after it. How wondrous it is that we have memory to weave these stars into constellations. There is a pattern we burn into the night sky, and we alone can make it beautiful. So listen now, while our hands are still raw with magic. Hold everything you can, build something, break it down, then build again, and when you finally look up, smile at the people standing beside you. So, Danielle Jones, um, how many people are finding their way to mass poetry because of these influencers? I think quite a few. I mean, you played Amanda Gorman to start with, and before I was working with Mass Poetry, I was assistant director of the Writers' House at Merrimack College, and I brought my students to Evening of Inspired Leaders, which was hosted by Mass Poetry, and they got to see her read there. And the day of the inauguration, they were all texting me, and we're you know completely isolated because of the pandemic, but they're texting me just all excited about seeing Amanda Gorman up there. Um, and it brought us together, and that's one of the things about poetry is it's it's so collective when you have these moments. But I didn't answer your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> so. Um, I think quite a few. I mean, I think that poetry getting a spotlight definitely makes more people aware, makes more people interested, makes more people try it. And I think that there's also, um, you know, more work being done for programming in schools, things like that, that are also helping more kids have access to it. Um, I grew up in Anniston, Alabama. I, I was barely even taught poetry in school. So I think it's very exciting that here in Massachusetts, we're able to make it part of so many people's lives very early. Adiel, you are now, as Worcester's Youth Poet Laureate, an ambassador for poetry in your town and in your area. How will you bring people who say, I'm not, I don't like poetry. It's boring to me. How, how do you, how do you uh, get them to rethink that? I read them one of my poems. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. No. Um, for me, I'm a heavy believer in self-expression and finding the purpose of um, one's life and a very easy outlet to, to find that out and to easily express that is expressive art, is art that uses life as its canvas. So I throw events, I go out to events, I um, work with businesses, I work social medias, I'm nonstop part of the poetic revolution of Worcester. And I definitely put in a, a good days of works um, for, for my community. I'm actually throwing a event called Her Name is America, dedicated after my grandmother, an event at uh, the JMAC uh, Brick Box on July 23rd. We're um, painting a big mural on the display wall and all that. All right. Okay. Because you said that, you know, you're going to raise up poetry, but also for, for Worcester, you want to make sure that the whole art scene sort of comes along with the appreciation of poetry as well. I want Worcester to have its own name. I believe that not only Worcester, but Massachusetts is going to be like now a lot of people come here for college. Like this is a really good college state. A lot of promises here. But I also believe that this is a really good place to come to to practice and express art. We have amazing murals. We have amazing event locations, a lot of support from the community. And my job is just to keep the ball rolling. 
Okay. So Angie, uh, same question to you. How will you take on your job as ambassador for poetry for Boston? And, um, you know, what do you say to somebody who's kind of bored with the thought of poetry? <laughs> when I write, I write, of course, I mean, for myself, I'm expressing myself on the page, on paper, in my own words, but at the same time, I write to that, if not the whole city of Boston, even the whole state of Massachusetts can connect to it, at least one person who hears it or who reads it can connect to it and be like, okay, I'm not alone. This is a form or this is a way, this is a person that can be some sort of like outlet, some sort of escape, some sort of help for what I'm going through. And the same way that many people relate to music and they have their artists that they love that they really feel connects with them or their own art form. Maybe it's painting, maybe it's dancing. It's the same thing with poetry. And my hope is that in my timeless position, I can really put that out for my city and everyone really understand true power of poetry. Mm. Now, you do a lot of work advocating for social justice issues. Is this, do you think you see your poetry as a platform for, for that, or is it totally separate? I talk about several different things. Um, there's some poems I haven't put out because they're a little personal I talk about, but I've talked about domestic violence and drug abuse and mental health. I mean, my poem, Patient L., was about um, a friend of mine who I met while I was hospitalized. And while I wrote it kind of for them, kind of for myself, it's also an overall just like poem of like, this spot you're in isn't where you're gonna stay in. You're gonna get better. It's going to get better, especially with just, I feel like the generation in right now, everyone is way more accepting of getting help for your mental health and actually like acknowledging it. And so I feel like writing about it now and actually having people who care about it and don't shun it and helping other people, older people really understand and hear it. I really feel like that, that just like warms me being able to write about things I advocate for and have it heard. Okay. Both of you had to apply, go through the process and be selected by your various communities for the role of Youth Poet Laureate. So how important do you think the role is? I don't think I've asked you that directly. I'll start with you, Angie. I think the role is very important. I mean, two years ago when Alondor got put into the position, as like someone who's very active in the poetry scene, I was just like, yes, <laughs> like finally someone to open up the door for like arts and like noticing and advocating. You were talking about Alondro Bobadilla, who was the city of Boston's first ever youth poet laureate. Go ahead. Yes. And I really feel like, I mean, I feel like before her, obviously there were people and poets putting their, putting their stamp on that scene, but having her come out and do it, having a youth poet come out and do it and having someone you know, closer in age, closer in... More relatable, I guess, because of yeah. your age. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. That's where I'm thinking. <laughs> it's more relatable when it gets, I guess, easier to listen. Mm -hmm. Idale, same question to you. How important is the role to you? This role, in all honesty, meant 
the most to me for a while. Before I got this role, I did not think that I was fit for the position. I actually got more depressed filling out the application than I would if I didn't. But it worked out in the end because they saw right through my poetry. They saw the passion that I put into my work. Um, as important as this role is, it might be ignorant to say, but I really feel like it's not enough um, sometimes. I, there's so many issues that goes on in my city. I'm having friends die left and right. My family's getting kicked out of Worcester because of rising prices everywhere. Meanwhile, people at Polar Park are living the best life at our expense. So my job is to, one, tell our story. And two, to become the entrepreneur I know I can be and just advocate for what I know is right. Okay. Danielle, if I interviewed you uh, five years from now, what, what would you think would be happening in not only on the local scene with poetry, because I'm noticing we're getting poet laureates across the state now and certainly a lot more interest in poetry across the state, but in general? What I hope happens is that funding starts to follow the interest. I mentioned my previous role at Merrimack College as the assistant director. What I didn't tell you was that one month into the pandemic, they shuttered us and they also guttered the theater department and they got rid of the director of the library. I just had my son tell me this morning that he took a virtual tour of Merrimack and the writer's house is now the sports center. So poetry matters to people on the surface, but then when it comes to actually funding programming, it doesn't seem to matter as much. And so I hope when we have more representation, when we have more voices, when we have more young people who are interested and engaged and active and calling for change, that the funding is going to follow it, that we're going to start seeing more poets in classrooms, that we're going to start just hearing more voices across the nation. And we will feel the need to make sure that those programs are, are well-funded and in every school, even in underserved communities. Well, that seems like a good place to wrap up this conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining me, and congrats to Angelique and Adael. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you for having me. It's been great. Angelique Linnea Varana Burkett is Boston's 2022 Youth Poet Laureate. Adael Francisco Mejia is Worcester's 2022 Youth Poet Laureate. And Danielle Jones is a poet, educator, and Mass Poetry's program director. Coming up, it makes sense that in an era of tweets, Instagram, and push notifications, poetry would make a comeback. The art of crafting words of meaning into succinct turns of phrases is perfect for this age of ever-shortening attention spans. It could be one reason the number of adults and young people reading poetry is higher than it's been in over 15 years. We're celebrating National Poetry Month by revisiting our 2019 conversation with Massachusetts Poetry Out Loud champion Rose Hansen and nationally acclaimed poet Kwame Alexander. That's next. This is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. I'm Callie Crossley. 